Yeah, I get that. Top five comedy. And, I, and you may have a, your own top five comedy, or you might be able to come up with one. And so I thought, well, as, as part of a, as part of doing the overall top five, we could just have a little sojourn into top five comedies. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's not a bad idea. Did we did we want so? Are we, are we trying to do that as um as like in addition to trying to finish our top ten list at the moment, or do we want to kind of? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get you. So if if we have enough time, we'll we'll transition to that. Otherwise, we'll we'll make it for like the next episode kind of thing. I think it's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. We are recording. That's looking okay. Right. <clears throat> Welcome to the second half of our Dad and Lad podcast episode about top ten films. This is the lad. I've got my dad. Hello. And I've also got Anthony here with us. Hello there. So, boys, let's uh, let's start off like we always do. What have we watched this week? Anthony, do you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, Once Upon a Time in America. Once Upon a Time in America. Okay, do you want to tell us a bit about it? Well, I can't really remember that much now. <laughs> that was the other day. Okay, okay. Uh, Are there any notable actors? Yeah, that Joe... I can't remember his name. Joe Pasquale? Pasquale. That's him, Joe yeah. Pesci, yeah. That's him. Anything with him in... No, no, not You're that. Going, chase me, chase me. Yeah, not, yeah, not him, the first one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I had him in it. Briefly. Yeah. Robert De Niro in Yes. I would say it's more of a gangster. Yeah, more gangster of a gangster. Movie. Yeah. If, you, want, you want a bit of trivia? Bit of trivia about that movie? Yeah. Interested? Go on, man. Yeah. Before, and he gives his uh, his, his thorough review on it. So that movie, you know the you know the song uh, "Fairy Tale in New York" by the the Pogues. Yeah. The Christmas song. Everybody loves. Mm. Well, um, what did face? Bloody name. Um, <laughs> the guy that the the lead singer of the Pogues. Oh, no. He he was inspired to write it. Shane McGowan. He was inspired to write it whilst on a whilst touring the US uh, and watching that movie. And there's, there's some of the soundtracks, some of the backing music in that in the movie that gave him the riff that started the whole uh, the whole making of that song. Yeah. So how's about that? <laughs> that's cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah, that's definitely some trivia, all right. <laughs> anyway, what, what do you think about the film? I liked it. I really did like it. It it's not a standard like say for instance like the good the Goodfellows and stuff like that. It's Nothing like that. There was no real giggly bits. It was more of a story arc of. Uh, it was more serious. Yeah, it's it's a, it's basically it's about the four kids that grow up in uh, when you know when they used to smuggle alcohol. The, the pre- prohibition. That's it. It's, yeah. it's around that era. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it's about the foot, about four or five of them that grow up in that era. Yeah, trying to get their own way, or mm. their own boss, basically. Right, right. So yeah, it, I do recommend watching it. 
Okay, that's, that's pretty solid. Yeah, it, it got. Uh, like I said, it. I'm trying to remember bits about it. That's all right. It's thing. Yeah, I watched it towards the end of last week. Ah, okay, okay. So it's not too fresh in the mind anymore. No. I get you. I get you. But it, yeah, that's the most that stood out to me is the, the violence wasn't all there. It, it was more suggested violence more than it was. Yeah. Is it a? Is it a film, or is it a television show? That's no, a film. Yeah. It's a film. Okay. It's a. I think it came out in 1985. Oh, I, right. could, I could be wrong on that date. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's near that sort of time frame. It's quite an old film. Yeah. By today's, you know, young people would consider it an old film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, quite right. But it, yeah, it's definitely in my. It's, yeah, it's definitely in that category with the gangster sort of style films. Okay. Yeah. Definitely against movement, but it sounds like it's not graphic violence, so it definitely would appeal to me. Yeah. Um, it's one that has appealed to me. I've often thought of watching it, but I've never, I don't think I've actually watched it. So. Well, it, it just came across to me when I was looking at uh, Joe, that Joe Dude's movies. Yeah, Bessie, yeah. Yeah, I thought, you know, yeah. wow, it, that's the sort of characters he plays very well, I think. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's what really drove me when I was looking up for the good, uh, the good fellow, see if I could get it to watch online. But mm. there's no free one up. You have to either rent it or buy it. Yeah, I get you. So I was like, no, nah, this one came up and this was high rated quite well. So I thought I'll give that a go. And yeah, sure enough, it did tick the boxes I thought I liked. So I added that to my list. <laughs> Yeah. The to be involved in that kind of thing. I mean, Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro and quite a few films together, Goodfellas being one of them. Yeah. Um, and this one, James Woods and Ice Eves in it. And uh, um, Casino? That one was yeah, another yeah, one I watched recently. Casino. I wasn't... That is, much, that is much more violent. Yeah, that one really didn't... I kind of wasn't that interested in that one as much as I was with the other movies that they, he was in, or those two were in? I'll tell you that if, um, if you liked <clears throat> this film, you like gangster films, especially kind of with the story arc, yeah. even better if it's a kind of true story. Yeah. If, 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 you like, if you like the performances of Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro in this, then you'll, you may well like, and if you also like... Um, my brain's gone today completely. <laughs> Al Pacino. Yeah. Right, Al Pacino. There's a, there's a. If you've not already seen it on Netflix, there's a film called The Irishman. Yeah, I have seen that. Yeah, so that was another one that. Seen, yeah. yeah, that's another one that needs to be on my list, but I didn't get around to doing that one yet. But yeah, I have seen that one. Very right, good. That one. Yeah. Now, anything like I said, those ones, those guys, they know what they're doing. Yeah, they, they play those parts well, don't they? Yeah. But what's interesting about this film, Once Upon a Time in America, because it's it's a kind of film that that uh, Martin Scorsese might have might have directed, but he didn't. But it's interesting. The director was Sergio Leone, and Sergio Leone is is more probably best known for the spaghetti westerns. Yeah. For the for the fistful of dollars and a few dollars more and stuff mm. like that. So maybe it had that kind of feel, that gritty feel to it. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely had that gritty feel to it. 
definitely put that down as something I want to watch. Yeah, have a yeah, have a watch. Very cool. Right, Dad, what did you watch this week? I'm not surprised. Um, well, you know that I'm still focused on the old. You might have pulled it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was definitely really good. That was quite good. You like that? Yeah, yeah. it did. Yeah. So it's a DC one. Yeah, so yeah that, it's like one of the first ones DC did. They, yeah, they, they did pull out all stops for that one, I think. And it was, it was, yeah, it was definitely the right kind of call for them. It was funny, wasn't it? It was, yeah, the kind of. He might be right there. God, maybe. I don't know. I haven't seen Banana Splits in years. Might be. So it was a but kid. Then again, you know, it, was a, it was a cartoon at some point. I thought it was in the Banana Splits show. I don't know. Mm. Can't see a connection there. But, but it seemed. I, I just remember as a kid watching it, watching a cartoon called Shazam, which presumably was sort of the same character. Yeah, but, I think, yeah. No, yeah, no, it's definitely. Yeah, wait till, if you like that one, wait till uh, Black Adam comes out. Then. Yeah, that one looks like it could be quite good with uh, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. <laughs> yeah, no. Black that, Adam. Yeah. yeah. It's a, the second instalment from Shazam. Right, okay. Oh, I. So it's in that same sequence. Yeah, it, at, it, it, at the end credits, when they all sit on their thrones, there's one throne that's empty. This is where he's meant to come into it and sit, you know, I believe. Uh, right. DC is right. not as uh, okay. easy to read as Marvel. Mm. No. No. But yeah. Okay, I, so that was Shazam. I, I also watched um, yesterday. I was watching on, I was looking at some things on Prime, basically. Yeah. So I watched, I think I watched, I don't know what I watched, but I remember there's a couple of films that I, did, I do remember. One was. Um, a film called Passage, and that's kind of a kind of a drama doc, a half documentary, half drama um, story about um, a, a guy in the 19th century called John Ray, mm. who went in search of the. If you remember the, the you probably know the story about the the, the two ships that went tried to try to find the North West Passage. Yeah, um, yeah. And you probably saw the BBC TV series of The Terror, which is really what that was about. Where, where Franklin and, and his uh, and his two and his crew basically went tried to find one and then just went completely missing. And the Navy went and sent all kinds of uh, search parties for him, could not track him, couldn't find him anywhere. And eventually, this this one guy who worked for the Hudson Bay Company called um, uh, his name was oh, John Ray. Yeah, his name was John Ray. And, and he um, he tra- he managed to find them. Or he found he came across Eskimos who had seen them. You know, a lot of these guys when they were at the end of their lives hmm. that were desperate and were uh, resorted to cannibalism and stuff like that and this yeah. was very when he brought back those reports back to the UK and it went in the newspapers and stuff like that it caused massive massive uproar people would not accept that English people would get, resort yeah. to cannibalism yeah and uh, and that's what this is this is about the, the kind of the, the uproar that it caused it's about him you know the guy that found you know discovered what you know what happened to the to the crew 
also about you know what the the shitstorm it started. He kicked off when in back in the UK now how it kind of well it did it didn't really damage his name but his reputation was a little bit you know harmed by the fact that he, he basically told the truth about what he, what he found. Right. Um, the Eskimo and people were British were much more willing to think it was the Eskimos that had actually you know the Inuit people yeah. that actually um, who were telling this story. They're the ones that actually murdered them and eaten them. But and, and to this day, people from the Inuit tribes are still offended, deeply offended by that whole insinuation. When in fact, what they're in their culture, they would they would only ever want to hurt to help sorry not hurt help uh, strangers that were stuck in you know in the middle of situations. So that's quite it's quite a fascinating film. It's there on Prime for you to watch, and it's called Passage. Just just telling that story really, and, and from the point of view of people that are making a film about it, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. Mm, wow. Yeah, that sounds. Then, yeah, so something that I could be interested yeah. in. Yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. If you're interested in a bit of history, um, and then if you're interested in psychic stuff, there's a there's a I thought it was quite interesting. Even though I kind of on the whole I think psychics are by and large charlatans. Um, this one story, which is based on a book by a psychic, uh, was actually filmed from 2002. It's in two parts, and it's Ted Danson, and I'm a big fan of Ted Danson. Uh, in the in the lead role, and it's called Talking to Heaven, and it's about mm. this guy who, from being a boy, is seeing visions and is kind of realizing that he's got these psychic powers and can see. But he tries to to kind of keep it suppressed. His, his his parents don't approve, and you know his school teacher don't approve because he's brought up in a very strict Catholic upbringing. And, and he's mm. like, no, he's just trying to try not let anybody know about it. And he's seeing a psych, psychologist and all this because he's worried that it's some sort of condition. But eventually, in the, through the progression of the film, he starts to, he slowly, slowly starts to accept that he's got this gift, and then he gets involved with a, with a crime, with a, with a murder or a, or a serial murder, you know, helping the police track yeah. down a serial murder. Yeah, yeah. So sounds familiar. From these decades. Hmm. Um, so I've only got to the end of part one. <clears throat> I'm going to probably watch part two tonight. Uh, of this film, it's in two, two parts, as I say. Mm. But yeah, even though I would say I, I believe psychics, by and large, are charlatans, I still find them interesting and fascinating. And, it, and if you do, if you get anything like this appeals to you, or fascinating, then it's, it's definitely worthwhile, uh, worth a watch. Is uh, talking to heaven. Mm. Uh, um, yeah, I might have to give that a look. Sorry, Nathan. Go ahead. Oh no, no, I was just, I was last, just agreed. Last, <laughs> last but by no means least, and you know that I'm my, one of my favourite genres, if not my favourite genre, is kind of 50s, five movies, uh, especially that era. So I've been digging around, I always poke around and see if I can find, um, you know, anything that I've missed, any little gem that I've missed somewhere, even if it's, a, they tend to be B-movies and crappy movies, yeah. but even then, I'm interested even in them, because I just like that whole, whole I just like the whole perspective of the 50s they're, they're about what you know space and all the rest of it just just before we we went to the moon and stuff like that how they were what their ideas were and what their thoughts were they were, they were running rampant with all kinds of imaginative ideas so a film there called uh, the 27th day which mm. had not come across and it's quite quite good well produced i mean cliche in part they've got some uh, elements which you'll see in other films from the 50s um but it's but it, the interesting thing is, I, I've been with, with all this, you know, conflict that's going on at the minute, Ukraine and Russia. I've just been avoiding the news because I really don't want to know what's going on. It just is a little worrying to me. Yeah, uh, I agree on that. Actually, uh, it's very relevant. It's, it's very relevant because even back in, well, obviously 
Cold War. And so it was a very, at that time, this was a very scary thing. It was a very scary prospect of nuclear war and stuff like that. Mm. And so, uh, and, and actually in this film, 27th Day, even though I've been able to try to avoid this subject, it brings it right back in the floor again because he got, it, it is about uh, an alien um, uh, bringing on board uh, a group of five random people from around the world, seemingly random people from around the world onto a spaceship and giving them a, um, like a, a mission, if you will, uh, giving them a, um, a challenge and and uh, and saying that you know if if, if you can, if you can't we don't think you know our race don't think that you'll meet this challenge within the next you know you've got like twenty seven days to do it and uh, because like it, I, I don't I can't tell you too much of the plot without without spoiling it mm. but what happens is that you know what at some point you've got a bit of an arms race heating up on the on the side of Russia and on the side of America. Uh, and you got them all, all trying to kind of see who can get the hands on the power, you know, the, or the aliens, uh, to get the upper hand in, in a in a confrontation. Hmm. So I thought, oh, that's you know, this is also relevant right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's bringing everything into mind that, that I don't want to be in my mind. But you know, it was quite interesting. It's quite, it was, it was new, it was original. I've not, you know, for a film that's what 70, 65 years old, I've, I've never come across it. I've never seen it. And as the production volume is pretty good, it's a, it's a good science fiction, it's original enough, and it's, uh, yeah, worth looking at, the 27th day, it's called. Hmm. That does sound quite interesting. Yeah. What a concept, what a cool concept. Aliens challenging people, like you said, essentially, to, to be like, oh, okay, you know, we don't think you can do this in 27 days. Such an arbitrary number, but clearly there's got to be some kind of merit to it. What an interesting idea. <laughs> What an interesting idea. No, that, that sounds quite good. I, I might have to check that one out too. But that's uh, that's just, you know, you and me in a nutshell. We have very similar tastes when it comes to uh, something that sounds incredibly interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, I don't know if I mentioned this in the last podcast, I watched the film Ikiru. That's something I had on my list for a while. That's a Japanese film directed by Kurosawa, which is worth was definitely worth a watch. I can't remember if it was we did it in the last like, podcast, so I'll, I'll I don't think so. I think, yeah, I think I might have that outside. Akira, all right, okay. It's that sort of anime back then. I used to love that stuff. I still do, but yeah. if it's the one, I think it is. You might be thinking of Akira, yeah. the one about like a murderer. Yeah, Akira. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is not Akira, although that's a great film. Yeah, yeah. Akira. It's actually a 1950s black and white film. Yeah, yeah, that's what it sounds cool. That's the one I'm thinking of. That's not the one you're thinking of. No, no. the one I'm thinking of is all in colour. It's, very, it's, it's probably Akira. Very gory. Yeah, Akira. Yeah. That's definitely what that yeah. sounds like. Yeah. in the, in the going, you know, through the part of the film, 
interesting uh, human stories, and this is definitely one of those. Nice. That's what I've been watching. That's one that I can remember anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you, Nathan? So this week I um, I have watched. Well, I've watched a film in a bit, and then I've also watched um, a couple more things on Netflix because they're always they always catch my eye. And uh, quite frankly, you know, somehow they're always good. You know, you can never find a really bad one. It's, it's quite impressive. So, um, so the film I completed today, or was it today? I don't know. Over the past few days, it was called um, Hell House LLC because I, I do like me some really obscure horror films, and this one is um, yeah. it's on the the platform Shudder, which they they love to do really. B-rated and obscure, really indie kind of horror films. Some of them, some of them are good, not all of them, but that's fair enough. Hell House LLC. To to put it simply, I um, I apparently watched the third one. I didn't realize there was more than one. I didn't realize that this was mislabeled. So there was quite a lot of things where I was like, I I don't really know what's going on. I feel like I should. It, it's so so it claims to be kind of like found footage, but it's more like a documentary style with found footage elements, is how I would describe it. And basically, it was like, uh, oh, there's this building with a terrible history. And by watching the first two films, you learn what the history is and what happens, and all the references they keep making throughout the uh, this short film is what I'll call it because it wasn't long. It wasn't long at all. And um, I mean, that, there was definitely there's definitely like one really really good scene. And that's probably about it that I can say about the film, which uh, I can spoil it because uh, I doubt anybody will see it. Or if they have seen it, that's that's impressive. Basically, this uh, this woman gets dared to to go into the basement alone, which you're not supposed to, obviously, because they're they're it's it's basically they're working a haunted house out of this hotel where people went missing and murdered and stuff. So it's like a, it's supposed to be real goofy, feel good. You know, they're trying to make it into something more positive and everything. And they're always like, oh, okay, well, weird stuff does happen here, so don't stay alone, you know, keep your buddies and everything. And uh, some of the actresses and actors are all, you know, having a drink and stuff. It's like, oh, I dare you to uh, to go into the basement alone because there's, like, these three really creepy clown mannequins that they use that just, like, sit on the floor and they have, like, blood on their face and everything. And uh, they're, they're not real. They're not alive. But, um, but they're like, oh, okay, you know, I, I dare you to go down to the basement and uh, touch one of the touch one of the clowns on the nose, and then come back up. And it's like it's, it's not a hard dare. You have to walk a bit of a way to get to it, but it's, you know, it's just how they've set it up. So she she goes all the way down. She's got a camera on her because she's uh, she's been asked to by the documentary crew. So she's she's doing that. And so she records herself going down into the basement, and uh, she goes over to the corner where the clowns are. She gives one of them a smooch, like ooh, so naughty. And then she's like she's like pulling herself back up, and one of the clowns next to her has like turned his head to look at her. And that was probably like one of the better scenes of the film. And then she 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 she's got the clown in shot as well as her face like really looking shocked, but she's not freaking out. She's got that vague face of like, holy shit, that shouldn't have happened. And so she slowly and quietly like keeps looking at at the clown on the camera and herself as she's like kind of walking away. So that was quite good. And you can see the clown is like visibly moving to look at her. And you're like, okay, that's quite interesting. But then it does something really dumb where she does have a little panic and she kind of starts screaming and runs to the bottom of the stairs so she's gone maybe like five feet she hasn't gone far and she's just there just kind of wailing and sobbing she hasn't gone up the stairs she hasn't run out the building she's sitting at the bottom of the steps still basically with an eye shot of this clown which you can hear is now moving towards her and you're like what why are you not 
why are you not running away? You you have this opportunity. Yeah. It's, it, it, yeah. So it was really good. Yeah, it was really good until that point. And I was like, okay. I mean, I know this film's a bit shit, but you know, I wanted to give it a chance. And now, quite, quite frankly, I still don't really understand what happened. I, I I wouldn't recommend it if I'm honest. I I really wouldn't. I would definitely give it a miss. So that's the film I completed. Yeah, Hell House LLC. Don't worry, I doubt anybody can find it unless you have Shudder or you're willing to pay for it, which I wouldn't. So, uh, another film that I kind of watched, and it's the it, this is the second time I kind of watched it. It's a Joaquin Phoenix film. It's called Her. It's on Netflix now. Yeah. And um, and Fran, 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 Fran and I were quite interested because like, oh, and I was like, oh, I remember seeing this, but I don't remember finishing. And I'm like, oh, I I could have sworn it's because it's it's just a bit weird because it's um. Basically, this weird future where you know everybody uses technology as they do, but a little bit more advanced in this um, in this day and age, and um, and he basically gets this like new operating system. I guess you could say it's like a more advanced Siri who can really like um, she really like learns who you are and really is like more. They sound more emotional and they get really more personalized based on who you are and how it is. And he basically ends up falling in love with her. And uh, and then you're like, oh, okay, well, it's it's a bit goofy, you know, whatever. But they tried to make it something incredibly serious, and like almost a romance film. And it's like he's fallen in love with his cell phone. I mean, there's nothing romantic about this. Like he's fallen in love with something that is not, you know, it, the only tangible part of it is it's in a computer. Like that's that's it. It's an AI. Like and and, and you're like, oh, okay, well, what what if she builds a robot body? I didn't finish the film. Because it, it just it ends up focusing way too much on just the wrong parts of like you don't really look. I, I don't know. The, the more I think about it, the more I'm just like it's it's disturbing. It's really strange. It's a shame because Joaquin Phoenix does a really good job, but I, I finish about half of it and I'm like no, no. It just it just doesn't. It just gets too weird, and it just doesn't work. Right. Moving on. The Number three, one morning, my old ten thousand. By the way. Oh, okay. So you thought quite well of it then. Does it does it yeah. get any better, or does it just continue being incredibly weird? <laughs> no, it's, it's it's more and more kind of creepy and. I thought so. I, I thought so. Yeah. It because yeah, when, when they do their little sex scene thing, I was like, no, I think we're done with this. Because you, you just you just like okay well look I understand you guys are going to have some kind of relations that's part you know that, it's quite clear that's going to come up but I mean it's a whole bloody scene and I'm like you did not need to put this much effort into a sex scene where he's just in a bed by himself just like no you didn't need that much you didn't need that much scene that was just ridiculous yeah so I'm sure it only gets worse and I'm so glad I'm not going to finish it I just have no desire to. Anyway, moving on to more uh, more positive things I've watched. So uh, on Netflix, I've uh, yet again been watching. Not all of them are like serial killers. Some of them are just like incredibly strange people documentaries. This one is called um, Worst Roommate Ever. It's a, it's a multi part thing because it's different people in different situations. The um, the first episode is about this incredibly old lady. I mean, it, it the episode is literally called Call Me Grandma because you look at it and you're like, oh yeah. Reminds you, reminds you of your nan or your granny or something like that, and she's like incredibly sweet. She like looks after people in her home, and you, you're like, oh wow, this this lady's super super nice. But people go missing in her home, and um, I'd love to spoil more, but I'm not going to because it is 
It is such a cool story, and it's only an hour. I mean, it's it's only an hour, so you know, it's a good hour. I I, I highly recommend it. The story of of Dorothea Puente, the first episode. Oh my god, it, it just kept getting better and better and better and, and more unbelievable. It was so so good. Um, the uh, there was another episode where it's got this um this. Uh, guy who claims he's from Palestine and he um, he goes around to all these extreme races in the world and like stays at hostels and stuff and he's uh, he's incredibly like nice to everybody he meets but it turns out he's um he's got quite a history of, of scamming people out of their money so that was quite interesting and um, and he he defrauded so many people in such catastrophic ways you know this guy who just runs that um that one of the people in that documentary he's got a blog about that guy and it literally he updates it with all the information about him like based on where he is what he's been doing and stuff because he, he wants to make sure everybody who is aware of this person knows where he is and what he's doing so you don't get scammed by him again and that website is still up and running i even gave it a look and it is still it's still going he's updated it recently and everything i'm like that is so incredible just unbelievable and then um one of the other i think there was an episode that was kind of meh not so great but that's yeah, gonna happen isn't it uh, but one of the one of the bear episodes is a two-parter episode. Was um, it's about a serial squatter, and that's all I'm gonna say. That's all. That's all I'm gonna say about him. No, honestly, worst roommate ever. If you like Netflix documentaries about serial killers or you know super bad situations or anything, absolutely recommend Worst Roommate Ever. I, I I definitely definitely recommend it. I forgot um, in my segment. I forgot that I've actually we watched it. Me and we watched a, a Netflix um, drama series this week. We watched Pieces of Her with Tony Collette. Uh, that's good. That that's that's interesting. Again, I, I just like things that are original and novel, mm. and that for me is original and novel. And it starts out in a, in a shocking way, and, and the, for the, certainly for the first three episodes out of the six episodes, it just keeps you on the edge of your seat. You don't know what's going to happen next, and it's like twists and turns, and, and you really you feel genuine kind of. Then around about the fourth episode, the story's unfolding. You get to learn a lot more about the, the backstory and why things have happened and unfolded the way they have, and some of the tension then comes out of it. Mm. And it's a little bit anticlimactic, to be honest, in the final somehow had a sequel I swear I I've, I, I don't even know how I'd feel it is not a better love story than Twilight you don't watch, you don't watch her, her too no I, I, I wouldn't <laughs> oh god never never again tried it twice still still now still now 
Anyway, let's uh, let's move on to our main topic at hand. Look at that. We could easily just burn 30 minutes just talking about things we've watched this week. That's ah, that's that's just incredible. Let's move on to our our, um, our second half of our top tens. So we've all finished with our number sixes. I think we uh, we need to move on to our number five. Oh no, I I think I did my number five. Yeah, because we talked we talked about the Warriors. Well, yeah. out of sync with us, you are. I I could be. You, you did you did five. Yeah, I definitely did my number five. You did a little bit out of sync with us. So let's say you've gone you've gone one ahead. Yeah, so yeah. For me, Natalie, you are number five. Yeah. And we'll go from there. For me, I'll let Anthony go first because yeah. I, I want to do a little bit of a, a tangent on my number five. So I'll let Anthony go first. Well, uh, mine's uh, Escape from Alcatraz. Uh, slash, well. pardon? True story. story as well. Yes, no, it is, yeah. That's what I kind of liked about that one. And um, that's like strokes with Escape from New York. Right. So it's, it's in between those two, but I yeah, yeah. happily go with Alcatra- uh, Escape from Alcatraz as my fifth, sixth, yeah, sixth. This is, this is your number five? Yeah, five. Yeah, the whole the whole thing that is based on that whole true story of yeah. them trying to escape and how like planned they were. I reckon they did get off the island. And I reckon they did. You think they made it to safety? Oh hell yeah, definitely. The amount of prep yeah. they put into that, that that yeah, and then you know, towards the end they were sending postcards to people saying where you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I kind of like that whole how they done it That's, and then yeah, after they escaped Alcatraz was no longer a prison basically but yeah I mean they, the fact that yeah. it was it was no longer impenetrable yeah people could actually escape from it they didn't want to take that chance again so therefore you know they had to shut it yeah I mean now people can just visit it can't they it's like a tourist attraction yeah yeah I've actually the, uh, I've actually visited it and it's a great tourist attraction I've got to tell you fantastic place to visit very very interesting very kind of got that atmosphere as you would imagine yeah. superb place to visit uh, strongly recommend it anybody who's in who happens to be San Francisco yeah. uh, <laughs> conveniently yeah. who knows maybe somebody listening to us yeah. could be in San Francisco in which case um, send us pictures send us pictures of Alcatraz just for fun Yeah, I think I have seen that documentary just after watching out that Escape from Alcatraz because I was that interested and I wanted I wanted to know a little bit more on that history and yeah, that documentary did help. Yeah. Fill okay. in the blanks. Absolutely. 
Well done. Thank you. <laughs> I, mean, I, think, I think John Carpenter's Escape from New York is, would have been a good choice as well. I mean, yeah. equally, you know, a fantastic film. Yeah. Definitely. Somewhat groundbreaking. For, for, yeah, for the special effects and... Uh, Kurt Russell, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Snake. So That's yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah. For for that for that era and that yeah, I thought it was quite cool for the special effects they put into that. Yeah, that's good. From New York was good. Absolutely, absolutely. So, wasn't yeah. there wasn't there also another one that he did? Basically, kind of the same. But it was like Escape from Los Angeles. Uh, that was yeah. yeah, yeah. I've never even watched that. Yeah, I wouldn't put that on the same par as those. No, two. no, no, no. Of course, I just so, I just remember there was like a second one in the same kind of vein. I don't know if it was a sequel or whatever, but I know it was supposed to be. Yeah, I think it know, might have been that yeah. same kind of film. Yeah, that's cool. That's real cool. Right. So, what's your number five, Dad? But it's your top five overall. Yeah. yeah. That's right, that's right. So I thought as a little, you know, as a little tangent, what I might do, and, and see if you guys like this idea, okay. is I might actually present, give a little bit of suspense to get to my number five, to, 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 as I go through what, it, what are actually my top five comedies, starting from number five. So if you're interested in that, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll zip through it. Go on then. Go on then. No, it doesn't ring a bell. Well, it's a it's a bit of a cult classic from the uh, uh, as a British comedy movie from the 1990s. Uh, it's a film that it's certainly if you like uh, oh, what do you call it? What do you call it? Uh, oh, damn it, my bloody brain at the minute. Let me see. I have to, I have to get a bit of help here from MDB. Sorry about that. It's all right. Uh, it's not cheating. If you like Richard E. Richard E. Wales, where they go to visit uh, the 
the house, a little old uh, second home of, of the rich uncle of one of the one of the pair. And uh, yeah, just the shenanigans that they get up to when they're over there, and it, it just it's very funny. It's extremely funny. So it's it's I wouldn't say it's a stoner movie. I mean, it's it's kind of I suppose a little bit. It starts out that way, but it's not exclusively about that. It, it just is really about two two stupid young individuals who haven't got their life sorted out, trying to find their way, and and just not not you know not having a clue and, and doing some. Being, being stuck out in the country, in the middle of nowhere, thinking that's going to be amazing for them and finding that they've got to now figure out <laughs> how to get by. And, and there's, a, there's a little subplot there involving the young uncle, played by Richard Griffiths, so he's a very, very funny, very uh, well-known TV... Um, actually, he's, he's Jack Whitehall's uncle, believe it or not. Um, but he's a, he was a well-known TV uh, actor in his day. You'll, you'll recognise his face, you'll have seen him on, on programmes on TV. He plays the uncle... And he's he's an effeminate, I think, a gay uncle who's got uh, he's got his eye on one of the one of the two characters, and so uh, it's yeah, it, it's it's just hilarious. So those those moments and that little bit of interplay, all the interplay between them is is, is hilarious. Richard E. Grant's performance in particular uh, is is hilarious because he's just so so obnoxiously, kind of aggressively, you know, just funny. And then, and then when he's, you know, when he's faced with real danger, with any, anybody who wants to, he's gonna, who doesn't like his tone of voice, he ends up uh, kind of shying away from it. But yeah, it's it's a, it's well worth a watch. So that's with Nail I, with Nail, W-I-T-H-N-A-I-L, with Nail I. Um, uh, that is number five. Number four for me is, my all-time comedies, my favourite comedies would be Natural Libre. Yeah. And, and I probably don't Fantastic. need to say too much about that. Fantastic. <laughs> Good old Jack Black. Anything with Jack Black in there? Absolutely. Anything with Jack Black. Right, I totally agree. Anything with Jack Black in. What's the exception of Gulliver's Travels? I thought that was a bit. I, I quite like that one, but. Get Gulliver's in there. I like that. I think, I think um, the house with the clock at its walls was also kind of meh. Uh, goosebumps. Yeah. So she's yeah, done a couple yeah, that are kind of meh. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. my own time. Funny yeah. one that I love with him in it, Tropic <laughs> Thunder. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which one? Tropic Thunder. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. yeah. And it, again, it's obviously that brilliant, brilliant. And I mean, I thought that film overall was a bit silly, uh, but it, you couldn't have had a you couldn't have had a more amazing cast doing doing just coming out with the most outrageous stuff. Yeah. Uh, certainly, and especially for me at the end of that film, um, Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, uh, there's a little trivia about that. He he took that role just because he wanted to be in a fat suit. He was like, I'm only doing this role as long as I get to dress up in a fat suit and sing and dance. And yeah, that's how he got that part. Super, super. He played that so good. That's good. That's. It was just hilarious. Just an hilarious scene. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Overall, to me, it didn't mesh very well, but but it certainly had definitely it definitely had great moments. Yeah. So you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I didn't want to bring that character up just in case. Yeah. It's the most ridiculous. And now I think about it, actually, I quite like it. Um, but yeah, for me, so naturally, it's not just Jack Black. I mean, Jack Black alone is enough for me to make it a great movie, yeah. a great comedy. But also, it just so happens to be directed by 
I can definitely uh, yeah. I can see that. I can see that. So well together, Simon Pegg and um, they do. yeah, I've got quite a few of those on my list. So that when they are both together, it's believable that their characters yeah. they're playing, they portray it that it is believable. Realistically. Yeah. 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 I totally agree with that. Totally. That's. That, I think that's part of the fun of it is that you, you, they're completely credible, even though they're in incredible situations like in this one where uh, there's an alien invasion going on. And then they've got to save it by having um, to finish off the, their the pub crew. Yeah. Yeah. I just love, I mean, I just love the pub crawl. Yeah. And Nathan will probably tell you that we, I wanted to, I like it that much, the idea of a, of a pub crawl of 12 pubs. And, and the, what you did when you dropped out of school and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I like those ideas appealed to me so much and we, we encouraged, I encouraged uh, my other son Jordan to, to use his, let us use his birthday party or his birthday as an excuse to do, simulate that pub crawl in Mevagissi. <laughs> no, 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 that would be fun. It was. <laughs> that would have been fun. Especially in Mother. We don't live there now, so. <laughs> no, you'd have liked it. You'd, you'd have enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that movie's a lot of fun. So that's the world's end. That's my number three. Now, my number two. So this is close. Number two and number one are very close. Because, so the, so to me, my all-time favourite Christmas movie is also my all-time second favourite comedy. And it is, of course, Bad Santa. Ah. Oh. With, yeah. uh, with, uh, with Billy Bob Thornton yeah. and um, uh, uh, leading a, a, an extremely funny cast the whole cast are funny unbelievably funny and, and again part of the appeal for me with Bad Santa well it's just the dialogue it's just funny as shit I mean yeah. just all the way through it's just such irreverent comedy all the way through every bit of the dialogue every character you know Bernie Mac in one of his last films just, just absolutely John Ritter in one of his last films mm. they, every character in that film adds to the comedy they're, they're all 
Yeah, you think he'd oh, show up a lot. He's, he's he's quite one of the main characters, really. Yeah, bad son. He's really, he's kind of the next, number two after Billy Bob Thornton, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, you think he'd... But I think that, um, oh, Brett Kelly, yeah, we had Brett Kelly, I'm yeah. thinking. So, he just, oh, I, that, I could just watch that film over and over again. Because from start to finish, I mean, it's almost like it's filled with laughs. It just, it's just funny all the way through. It's just so amazingly funny, and I, you know, it's it's... Really, it's a toss-up between that and the other film. It, it really is it's kind of a big battle between these two for my all-time favourite comedy because I just really, truly love this film. So I'm guessing you've both seen Bad Santa anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, just just filled with like, irreverent laughter. Oh, that's it. The, the other interesting thing about it is he was directed by Terry Zwigoff. And, again, in, much like with Jared Hess, anything that Terry Zwigoff does, I want to see. So I'm always on the hunt for films that he's made. Mm. Another film that he's made that I love is Ghost World. He did a, a version, his film version of that. Um, I think Terry Zwickoff was involved in other things, other art school confidential, wasn't it? Keen on that film, uh, Crumb. I'm trying to think if uh, there was something to do, wasn't he involved in somehow in some sort of comedy, cartoons? Maybe not, maybe not okay. I'd be kidding. No, yeah. it's still pretty decent and still full of laughs uh, I just think they're amazing but he got picked to the post by my all time favourite comedy which also happens to be my all time number five film and that is This Is Spinal Tap yeah uh, mm-hmm. yeah I, I understand yeah yeah that's a great choice <laughs> and they just they just did it so well I mean they just did it so well they captured they seemed to capture anyway I'm not being part of a rock band so I don't know how true it is but certainly a lot of musicians seem to think they, they captured the how it really is at the stupidity and the nonsense that goes on the circus that is uh, the industry yeah mm. and, uh, and and again just oh, so funny all the way through it's just and well well performed and, and there's, there's a reason why all the three main actors in that, the guys that were in the band, have all gone on to, still to this day, are all, are all well known, but famous, and have been lots of other great stuff. And have continued to do documentaries. You know, there's a reason for it, and that's because it just was, it's the best. So that's, uh, that's my all time, my all time favourite comedy, and it's my all time number five favourite film. That's fair play. Yeah, I can, I can absolutely respect that. Because, like you said, it's, cool. it's, it's just a fantastic film, the fact that it's, um, like, well, like I said, it's a mockumentary about this rock band, rock or metal, however you want to describe them, that doesn't really exist, but they capture, like, you know, they capture just the the ridiculousness of the industry, and uh, you know, it's it's um, it's just really funny to watch. Oh, I, I completely agree. And again, it's it's directed by Rob Reiner, who who is uh, again an incredible director, who who also directed When Harry Met Sally, classic like that. Mm. Son of um, and various other classics. In fact, I think I want to say Rob Reiner. I think he directed um, Don't uh, Don't Look Up as well, but most most recently. Oh, I right. about that. Mm. But his, his huh. dad was also 
before, before him, his dad was a famous director, Cal Ryan, and he, he was huge as well. But Rob Ryan has been involved in lots, lots of... He definitely, Rob Ryan did the one from Wall Street, I can tell you that much. Ah, okay. Um, I get you. Yeah, because Don't Look Up felt incredibly different than both of those films. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe. well, no, that's fair. Yeah, fair point, fair point. I mean, not all these films. He does a lot of rom-com, does, uh, does Rob Reiner. Hmm. But, uh, but, yeah, yeah, for, yeah, for me, he just came, with it. It, it came out in 1986. When it came out, I remember there was a TV series on at the time called Film 86. Every year it kept changing. Film 87, Film 88, whatever. Yeah. On the BBC, and it was, it was hosted by a guy called Barry Norm, who was always very brilliant host, really good film critic. And I remember him just showing the clips from this film, on, and straight away, as soon as I saw all the clips, one of the clips was when they're in the pods, they're coming out of the pods in the, in the futuristic uh, song that they have, and the base, then one one of the first, what's his face, Derek Small gets caught in the pod, and they can't get him out, and so all the, the road is, while the song's going on, the road is about, Look, we, we, it's 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 all good uh, good episodic content for us in the future. So uh, don't worry. You just keep making these lists, and we'll we'll have more podcasts. No problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, that's it. That's my top five comedies. You want to chip in on any you know your top five comedies or anything that you think probably ought to be in that in that list for yourselves? Um, in America. I'm, I'm, I mean, yeah. So up to America. That's a pretty good shout. I was also thinking um, Step Brothers. But uh, quite frankly, all, almost yeah. any Will Ferrell tends to be really, really funny. Anchorman, yeah, yeah. See, anything, another great choice. Yeah, anything with him in it. Absolutely. Or uh, Simon Pegg, yeah. Nick Frost yeah, films yeah, like uh, Shaun yeah. of the Dead. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, that. Um, uh, I look quite like that now. Now you see me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the heist and stuff. Ruffalo in it. So yeah, Mark Ruffalo. That's true. It had. That was what I saw before he became the host. Like like slightly comedy. But it was more like thriller, really. Yeah. Is now you see, but I, no, it's, it's in my notable mentions for a good reason because it was um, just it's just a great, great idea for a film. I was like, oh, these these expert magicians in their own different ways and like commit heists and stuff. I was like, oh, okay, that's quite cool. And then I was like, oh, okay, the police are trying to track them down. So it's, it's not just you watch the heist, but you also watch how other people try to stop them from committing the heist. Exactly. It's yeah, no, yeah. I, I quite like that. And the second one, mm. which you know, usually seconds don't really. Yes, yeah, and they've got a great cast. I mean, like, like we said, Morgan Freeman's even in it. Michael Caine. Um, you've got um, Woody uh, Harrison. Woody Harrison, Jesse Eisenberg. You've got uh, one of the Francos. I think Dave. Dave Franco's in it. Uh, oh yeah. God, I don't remember the name of the lady. That's no. so bad. But um, <laughs> yeah, so so embarrassing. But I mean, you know, it's always slightly sexist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, she was the only one. <laughs> yeah. And she played she played the FBI agent. No, 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 I'm talking about the the female magician. Oh, no, no. Not, not, not the FBI agent that I definitely don't remember. I'm talking about one of the main characters that I don't remember, which is just awful. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I know you mean. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember her name either. No. Oh, wow, yeah, I've, I would have not got that. No. <laughs> you would have got that, no. No. I would have gone with Amy Adams when I was looking at it. 
Yeah, I could I could see that. I could I could definitely have seen that. Or um, yeah, no, it also made me think of Karen Karen Gillan, but I I know it wasn't her because it's, it's definitely no. not like a Scottish woman. No, I, I see what you, I see what you're saying. Just there. a redhead kind of thing. Yeah, it's oh, terrible, terrible of us. But uh, but actually, she comes up later on in my list anyway. No, yeah, it's. I mean, I've, I've got some good good names coming up on my list later on anyway. It's, it's fine. But yeah, I mean, that's comedy's always a good genre in my opinion. If you cannot enjoy a comedy, it's because you don't truly know what happiness is, in my opinion. You have to be able to laugh at, at so many things. You have to be able to laugh at stuff. If you can't, I mean, what are you doing with your life? It's just it's just dreadful, then. Yeah, well, that's the thing with comedy. Is that the other thing is, if, you, if, you're looking for, if you're looking for something to chip, lift your spirits or cheer you up, then, you know, you can't be a, good, a decent comedy. Quite right, quite right. Yeah, yeah. Change your mood. Yeah. So we all know what my number five was based on uh, on the last podcast episode. It was the Warriors, which, uh, you know, I'm sure we could go on and on about it, but we'll, uh, we'll glance over because we've already covered that at the end of the last one. We'll move on to the number fours. Anthony, what is your number four? Uh, Top ten of all time. It's tough. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, uh. That's why, that's why I had to force numbers on these. I had to. Otherwise, I would like I, I, I don't take any numbers on. because I couldn't. Uh, yeah, do you just, do, it, do it just come back to you? No, no, I've got a list here. It's, it's just picking, you know, like... Pff, I'd have gone with Cabbage Patch Kids. Did you ever see that movie? Is it is it a horror film? Or is it about, uh, or is it about the actual Cabbage Patch Kids yeah, it, it's like a, toys? Yeah, no, it's not a film about the toys. Okay. It's more suit animation, if you know what I mean. So pe- their characters are in suits. It's, it, 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 this is like back in the eighties. Oh, 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 almost like um, like costumes and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get you. I thought you meant like they dress up like toys in like oh, no. three three piece suits or something. I'm yeah. like, what on earth are you talking about? I was so confused. Okay. Yeah. So in, in costumes, I get you. I get you. It did, yeah, it's just one of these ones I watched as a kid that's always stuck with me. People might have said it was it's a bad film, but what can you what can you tell us about it? Uh, they. I won't say they're aliens, but they're, they're from out of space and they get put into. Uh, oh, so this is like a like a goofy horror kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, okay. well, it's more of a comedy, I'd say. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, do they, do they get put into the field like like the Cabbage Patch Kids? No, like no, no. Joke, not, yeah, yeah, no, nothing like that at all. It has nothing to do with Cabbage Patch Kids. Why is it called Cabbage Patch Kids? I'm really curious. Because that's, that's the name of. See, even he wants to know why is it called Cabbage Patch Kids? Because that's the name that they were given. Because they were all, so you got like windy, sneezy, puke, you know, the list the, goes The on. dwarves. You, the, no, the, the seven dwarves. I mean, I am so confused right now. So that's now we've got the names of the seven dwarves in the film, but it's called Cabbage Patch Kids, and it has nothing to do with Cabbage Patch Kids. I am well, so it's, it's confused. A, I think it's the Cabbage, I think it's called the Garbage Pail Kids. Gar- oh, okay, see, Garbage Pail Kids. Yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you. Very different film than the that's Cabbage Patch Kids. Oh, okay. Garbage pail kids. Mm. I'm with you. I'm with you. Go, go. Do you, do you, I'm making, yeah. I'm making slightly more sense. Yeah. Do you, do you want to tell us tell us anything about it? So basically, uh, it's a 1987 USA film. Hmm. Uh, it's pretty. 
that's all. Very that's hard all to explain any more. Do you than remember? That. Do you remember any of the the plot or any of the people? Because uh, I, I I know the name Gab- Garbage Pail Kids. I have I have heard of it before. I haven't seen it, but I do know of it. Uh, I I would think you know you might have to to watch it. But I don't so know. yeah, some people are rating it really low, and like I said, it all depends on well, what your yeah it depends on your own your taste yourself. Absolutely, I've I've got in one of my notable mentions, I've got um the film Trolls Two, which was an absolutely horrendous film. But I put it in there because it makes you laugh when you realise, yes, it was ridiculous. No, they didn't mean to make it ridiculous. But they've accepted the fact that it is ridiculous. And they're like, you know what? It's fine. It's a fucking shit film. Even the people who made it are like, yes, it is a piece of shit. And we're very sorry about that. But everybody thinks it's hilarious because of how goofy it is. And it is a terrible film. Well, it's a cult movie. Cult movie. Exactly. Yeah. Cult movie now. And it's freely available on YouTube, by the way. Exactly. That's giving me um, a mix of E.T. vibes or uh, Dinosaurs, the, the television exactly. series. Yeah. yeah, similar. That looks creepy. But it's more like... Uh, for, those, for those who can't see what we're doing because we don't have video yet, <laughs> we will eventually, we will do video podcasts at one point. He was showing me a picture of uh, some of the Garbage Pail Kids and yeah, pretty, um, pretty creepy. So yeah, it, yeah, they've classed it as a comedy family. but I mean, I, 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 can, I, I can, okay. Okay. If you like potty humour, basically, it's, oh, yeah. it's full of that. Hey, no, nothing wrong with that. No, I do like some potty humour. Uh, as we were even talking about Bad Santa, another fantastic film with tons of potty humour. Yeah, same with, like, you know, Team America. Yeah, Team America. Not not so much Will Ferrell. He doesn't do that too much, really. But he, he will sometimes in a couple, but not, not, not too much. Jack Black, he'll do some potty humour, but... Yet again, also doesn't have to use it. Uh, yeah, too much. I would really put Jack Black it just, in the. It just stands on the comedian, you know. Yeah. Like you can tell what kind of stylings a comedian has, and some of them do use pot humor a lot, and that's that's absolutely fine because then it becomes their, you know, part of their part of their repertoire, and I think that's, that's understandable. Yeah. As long as they can be funny and not have to one hundred percent use that language, then I think you know they're onto something. But if it's you know all they do is use. Fuck shit! There's that. You know, if if that's all they do, then it, it kind of loses the the taste and the value, and it's it's not as funny anymore. You're like, okay, well, you just you didn't have any other words, did you? <laughs> yeah, didn't. I, yeah. But yeah, that one's mine. Okay, so that's your number four. Uh, Dad, what is your number four of all time? Me. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, okay. So my all time number four. Also, be my my all-time favorite horror film. I would say. Okay. Um, is it's The Shining. Ah, um, that's in my yeah, list too. It's yeah, it's, that, it's, that, that, it's in my notable mentions, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's in there. It's in there. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, anything that guy. Finest. He's another actor that is should be top hard, notch. Yeah, yeah, top notch. You cannot beat that guy. At anything he put his hands to. Absolutely, it's, it's always worth watching no matter what is in. I mean, I certainly when it first came out, didn't didn't even. I was still quite young and I wasn't really bothered about it. I wasn't like pressed with it. it. Took me a long time even to watch it for the first time. I wasn't nothing about it really appealed to me uh, for many many years. And in fact, if you tell me it's a Stephen King story, that yeah. appealed to me less. I'm not a massive fan of Stephen King. Oh. I do like a lot of the stuff. A lot of films being made based on his books. 
Have you... But this film, what were we going to say? I was going to say, have you seen the second part to The Shining? Doctor Sleep? Doctor Sleep, I have, yeah. Yeah. That's really available on Prime at the minute, isn't it? Yeah, I, I recently watched that. Oh my god, it is, isn't it? Yeah. I forgot about that. I re- recently watched that and I thought that one was, wow, that one's, you know. It's good. It's yeah. very good. I thought it was good. Ian McGregor, man. He, yeah, he, a good sequel. Yeah. Bit, a bit near the knuckle, quite, quite um, disturbing perhaps. Yes. But it, but it was, uh, yeah, I, thought, I think that was a, a fitting uh, photo. But just what about the shining? I've watched it now many, many times. So it took me a while to, to kind of shine to it. <laughs> eventually, when I when I um, when I, when I eventually watched it, then I can I watch to watch it again over the years. It's just grown and grown on me, and it's gone up and up in my listing, in my in my estimation. And what I love about it is, it's just the way that Stanley Kubrick has put it together. I know that that Stephen King hated he hated this film yeah. because he felt that Stanley Kubrick took the story and made it his own. He just he just created his own spin. He just, he just changed so many things from Stephen King's original story. His essential story is there, but he, he just put his own stamp on it. And, and in some cases, deliberately, almost yeah. to annoy, to antagonise Stephen King, he made deliberate changes. Uh, but it's just so full of, you know, just stuff, just, just references and Easter eggs and things to look out for. And, and yeah, it's, I going to say that, though. The being made now about how yeah. complex it is. Like how they made the... What the story is all about with this. Hedge maze. And stuff like that. That's yeah. a bit. Yeah. yeah, we talked yeah. about the hedge maze before in another, <laughs> another episode. Yeah. We did, we did. And we're back to it. We're back to it. See, come full circle. So there's a film called, um, the documentary film called Room, uh, what's it now? I think it's Room, what's that film? What's that room? What is the room in 1408. The no, not 1408, not that, although that's another good, a good Stephen King film. It is. Oh, you're talking about in the, in the actual hotel. Yeah. Oh. Uh, 3-4. I can't, yeah, I can't remember now. I thought it was 3-4 something. Yeah, I thought it was like 3-4 something. Maybe. It's not showing up on, on uh, room 237 maybe. Yeah, we, we'd look That's it up, right. but the internet... Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, not, it's not great here for us. So. Here we are. Okay, so here we are. It's room 237. Yeah. Nah, there's actually a documentary. It's worth watching the documentary, room 237, because it's really fascinating... Um, theories in this from different, from different perspectives about what The Shining is all about and, and not so much what the book by Stephen King is all about I mean that's pretty straightforward Stephen King was kind of he spent time at the Stanley Hotel uh, in, in Colorado and he, he was kind of isolated for a while and decided he's going to write his book there about his experiences but I think it was a, a rough time in his life I think his, his marriage was in trouble or what have you and so it, some of that was some of what was going on in, in the story is based on his own personal experiences and he threw in the, the history of the, the Stanley Hotel which was haunted and famously haunted and stuff like that mm. and he, in, introduced, he, he came up with an interesting story but, it, but what Stanley Kubrick has done with the film so many different theories on what the film is about that is it something is it about the, the, the moon the, you know the, the fake moon landing which is what people think <laughs> was fake and made with film by yeah. Stanley Kubrick is it about you know the the, the Americans' conquest of America and the, the massive massacre of all of it—it's some really weird theories. But if you watch the film, uh, the documentary film, Room Two Three Seven, it, it's actually quite—it's amazingly plausible. It's really well argued, and and it just shows that the amount, of, how many dimensions there are in this film, how well put together, how complex 
stupidly so for me I mean I just yeah any time I watch it I'm, I'm always looking for those interesting little aspects little tidbits and it's, it's, it's just every piece of it is interesting and intriguing and, and you can you know just pull it apart and just you can take out there's dozens of individual scenes which are just fascinating and draw you in and get little stories in their own selves but yeah I'm ranting on about it not ranting on about it but I've on about it quite a bit and yeah I just love that film that is a great choice for number four. I couldn't yeah. agree more. No, I can know that. Thank you. Well, right. What about you, Nathan? What's your number four? Yeah, so, so my number four, um, I think you'll both agree with me when I say both the, the older classic one and the newer one are uh, both great in their own right. It's uh, Jumanji. Oh, yeah. Jumanji? Yeah. yeah. Whether you're talking about the older Robin Williams yeah. version, re, you know, rest in peace, the late great Robin Williams, or the newer version, which you know, despite the fact it's, it's kind of different, but you know, it's, it's also got a great cast. But yeah, and it's, it's made so different enough. They like, okay, well, look, it could be it could be a movie without having to even talk about the old Jumanji. It could just be a whole new thing of itself, and it's got a great cast. It's got a great story, and they vibe incredibly well. I mean, you have to, I you liked, have to respect. Yeah, I liked how they updated it so instead of yeah. a board game it went into a, a video digital game. video yeah, yeah. game and I was well you know that's what when I first watched it I was like I don't, you know you yeah I thought it was going to be kind of crap yeah. but, but, uh, but actually you know I was like you know what they've done it justice because it's not like uh, it's not like I, I, I hate to bring this up but uh, a, a terrific example is how um, Ghostbusters look I, I'm not sexist I'm not but the female Ghostbusters no. was trying to be basically a whole new thing yeah. while completely discrediting the older Ghostbusters yeah. and that's just the wrong way to do it whereas Jumanji was like okay look we know about the older ones we're not trying to make it sound like we're the only ones in existence you know obviously we're all tied in together at the end of the day and you know they paid respect to the older form which is good that's why I liked the whole updated from a board game yeah. to a digital well, like you said they just yeah. tried to make it more relevant to today's day and age mm. while not completely discrediting the original and which you know, I think that was the right way the, to go the about cast it. alone was just funny absolutely you've got Kevin, Kevin Hart you've got Dwayne The Rock Johnson yeah. you've got Jack, Jack Black. Black you've got Karen Gillan you have yeah. an excellent choice of cast and they all vibe so well the fact that they have to pretend they're like these these younger kids you really get that feeling mm. from the way they act in the film like I said when, when, you, when you get one like that amazing Honestly, fantastic. So yeah, whether it be the older Jumanji or the newer one, not the sequel of the newer one, not so much that one, but you know the 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 newer one or the older one of Jumanji one, fantastic, absolutely, definitely deserves a spot for my number four. Mm. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting to like it. Uh, I've not seen the first one; I've only seen bits of it, um, and I didn't think I'd like the the new Jumanji because it's not. Adventure. It's a little bit. It's a family movie. Adventure. It's a lot of action. I'm not mad on action films. It's, yeah, it's kind of similar to But but actually, when I watched it, I really did like it. I, I think it's really well put together. As you say, the cast is great. Yeah. Um, and they they forward so well, and they and they come across. They do the kids really convincingly. Yeah. I mean, they carry off the the, the performance of, of being the kids. Really, Absolutely. really well. I think that I think that runs in the second as well. I know you weren't so keen on the second, but I think that that same thing in the second. They, they, again, they've done. They do a good job of changing up the the roles there. Yeah. And then no, I, I do. I do agree. I do agree, especially because in the in the second one, they 
you know, they constantly change between the kids based on, like, I think there's, like, a, a thing in the video game or whatever. And I thought that was really well done because it's like, oh, okay, well, look, they can easily get a little sloppy with some of this. can get real confusing. But you're right. they Performance-wise, even in that second one, really, really well done. But it just felt like it was it was just a bit too gimmicky. It was just a bit too much at this point. You know, like, you had that first one. It was really good. It's kind of stupid that they had to go with the sequel. It's like, you didn't learn from the first one, honestly. Just like, you know, it's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sequel was like the same story. It was, it was just a shame on you kind of situation, you know. Just yeah. you know, you, you you've already gone to the pitfall. You figured out how to get out. Fantastic. And yet, in the second one, one of the guys like, "I'm going to go back in." Like, the fuck is wrong with you? Kind of. It's just stupid. But despite that personal feeling, you're right. The performances still, you know, you got to give it to that's them. Good, they they, they did very very well. Honestly, I mean, yeah, great great stuff. fully emerged into that absolutely. story and you were like, wow, okay. And, and you wouldn't have thought everybody yeah, was so they, stupid. Yeah. 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 yeah, and, and to have this point earlier on about the, about the, the you know, the Cornetto trilogy and, and the, the combination of uh, Simon Pegg and, and Nick Frost's because it, it, they're believable. They're, they they're that good, yeah. They're in, yeah. in unbelievable situations but they're so believable, they're so realistic as they, it's like they're day-to-day guys. So that they really help you to, to suspend disbelief. Yeah. Absolutely. It's all about the casting at the end of the day. If, yeah. they, if they all merge and together. And the story. Merge, I yeah. mean, look, you can have a great cast and the story is shit, shit. Still, yeah. it's still not going to be great. You know, you have to get everything right. Quite That's frankly, if you ask me, in the second film, okay, the the one guy, oh, he, he chose to go back in. The, the other guys could have could have been like, no, we're not going to go back in. And it could have just been him stuck in that video game. And I would have been like, you know what? That's a better film. That's... Yeah. Because I didn't see that coming. The fact that his friend just abandoned him. I would have thought that would have been a great, great choice. Because, like, okay, things change over time. People grow up. People are like, no, we're not going to go back into that shit. You chose to do it. That's on you. That's I, that that would have been a way better story than, ah, oh, friendship is power. We have to go save our friend. Like, no, 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 no. You're all older now. You've done this shit before. Don't go back in. You're not that dumb. Yeah. That would have been that would have been so much better to watch because like clearly it grew up and you know people changed. That would have been a far better story to have told. But that's just me. That's just me. I don't write films, but I'm just saying. I agree. I agree. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Anthony. Mine. Your number three. Gremlins. Oh, now that's a choice. And I and I mean only the Gremlins, but the, the first one for me. As a child, I still I, I love that little gizmo. If I could yeah. have, if I could yeah. have a little mogwai, a little mogwai, life, life, I'd be happy. Just you, don't get him wet and don't feed him after midnight. midnight. Yeah, that's right. Don't take him in the bath. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> they like cats. Then that's okay. <laughs> no, no, my, my cats like the shadow. No, yeah, it's crazy. Honestly, no, yeah, that that is a great show. Like that when you put him in the shower. No, they swim. 
Cats can swim, apparently, but some, some I cats know. swim. I think there's like a, I think it's called river cats or something. I don't know. There's like a specific mm. breed of cats who they love going to war. Like they will, they live in that kind of stuff. I'm like, ah, it's crazy to think because any, any any other cat you think of, you're like, no, they hate the stuff. They will lose their shit. You know, they'll claw everything up. And yet there's like a, there's like a whole breed of cat who's like they love 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 swimming. They love going in streams. Yeah. They love you know, they're like dogs in that sense. It's like incredible to think. So yeah, that's my fourth. I, I I definitely understand. Gremlins, fantastic film. I remember seeing it when I was younger, and even though it's supposed to be, I, th- I think it's like, it's a comedy horror. It's not meant to be scary, scary. It's not meant to be too goofy, funny. No. But it's got a but, good blend of like you know these creatures are kind of freaky, terrifying. But, but you know at the same time, oh, they might kill a few people, but they're not devastating. It's it's the it's, right kind of blend. It's uh, oh, honestly it's r- not, really really funny. I can't remember who was the guys behind. Is it, uh, is, it, it, is it Jim Henson? I was going to say Jim Henson. I'm pretty sure it is. Steven Spielberg film. No, yeah, that's yeah. But I meant oh, the. We met an yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought Jim Henson. No, it's something Winston. Winston Churchill. No. <laughs> this, this, is, this is after he obviously. Died in 1965, so when he came back to life again. Yeah, obviously. No, as, as you as you regularly do. I'll, I'll see if I can find it. I'm pretty sure it's something. It, it feels like a Jim Henson kind of a thing. But uh, I, I could totally be wrong. To be hit, to be honest, he was more the puppets. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that's, you know, that that's, side of things, that's exactly but, what I was thinking. I don't think it was a Jim Henson film, but I no, do believe I he had a hand yeah, in I think it he did have a hand helping up. Because, I, I mean, they were so well done. Like, I, I could totally believe I that it was Jim Henson. I can't remember what it was. Something Williams, anyway, or something. That something Williams, yeah. The dude that made... Not pu- John Williams, not Serena Williams. Uh, Which Williams? I can't remember now. This is... Because I mean, th- this wasn't like the newest film, and yet you know, if if you get even if you watch it today, you'd be like, actually, this is this is quite well done. You feel like it is quite realish, you know. Obviously, it's not. It's not it, is, it is a Spielberg film. I mean, that yeah, is yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely yeah. a Spielberg. Yeah. Uh, directed by Joe Dante and written by Chris Columbus, who's also quite written quite a lot of big eighties things. Mm. Uh, That's what I'm looking for now. It, it, it's not there either. Does that mean? But I'm pretty sure it was definitely a. Uh, well, Henson tax. It, is, it does seem like the kind yeah. of project that Henson would do. It wouldn't have been Lucas. Uh, no. Uh, although, I although I could see how some of them would feel almost like a Yoda kind of puppet. But was that not still Henson? Or was that. Because uh, I think that was through Lucas, uh, Lucas, Lucas Film, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Yeah, but I, I don't. Unless that was George Lucas. Ah, I don't know if George Lucas did the puppeteering, obviously, but under the company, I imagine. I don't know. Yeah, but I think uh, Yoda was was uh, Henson. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, 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 which is why it made me think of uh, of Henson. But, but then again, when you think of excellent puppeteering, Henson is like the name you think of. So I think that's why I went naturally for that. 
What about in um, What about in the labyrinth? Was that Henson? I think that was Henson. Yeah, well, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, he was definitely involved in that one for sure. Like every excellent puppeteering film, Henson, he's involved. If you see Henson in it, you know it's, it's going to be a good, stuff. you know, good puppetry. Yeah, you know, he just he just knows. Yeah, Absolutely, absolutely. The Muppets were, the Muppets were, the, so, and Sesame Street, I mean, they were, they were groundbreaking. Now he's, he's old hat now. Anybody that's born now in recent times or in the last, like, you know, even themselves in the last, well, three decades, it's kind of, oh, yeah, it's commonplace, but actually, it, when it started out, Muppets and Sesame Street, just, just groundbreaking. Yeah. Absolutely revolutionary. What a great so, idea for children's programming. By, you know, yeah, and, and these are this kind of style of, he was used heavily in all kinds of films, so yeah, Henson's definitely a big name. Yeah, for that. yeah. I don't know. Anthony, we'll try to look into it. Um, so, what we're on number three now, Dad? What is your number three? My number three. Okay, so now it's, it gets really close now. It really is. This is my number three, but there's my number three, two, and one. Really, they're kind of not interchangeable, but they're, they're so close. I get you. Been times when I get you. They've moved about. hundred percent. Well, number three is number three is something that you'll be familiar with and not surprised by, and that's Inception. <laughs> you're, 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 you're shitting me. That's all so right. Yeah. That's that's my number three. Yeah, it's, uh, it's it's been on my list since like last week. My number three. <laughs> uh, right on. On back to Gremlins, it's Rick Baker. Rick Baker. Oh, you yeah. did the puppetry. The the special effects. Oh, the special effects. Okay, okay. We'll we'll, we'll look into the puppetry. We'll, we'll look into that later. But Rick Baker. Well, well done, Rick Baker. Well done, you. So I guess we can both talk about. Well, we can all talk about Inception, really. So Dad, why don't you why don't you start us off? Know the story for me with Inception. What is Abraham? And uh, yeah, that's, that's what it is for Inception for me. I completely, completely understand. I mean, you you got the whole. It's, I mean, the the best way to describe it, obviously, is anybody would have ever seen it. It's a dream within a dream, and yeah. it just you know then it starts warping your idea of reality. You've got this uh, this hardcore crack team who has to go into this guy's dream, this his mind essentially. the The whole idea of Inception is um. Incepting is to to put the idea in somebody else's head like it was their own. Like you know, you're trying to not not so much brainwash, but you're trying to gently persuade them to think, yes, this is what I should be thinking, and this was my own idea. Nobody else told me to do it. Because when you when you're in your dream, you're essentially in control. That's like the whole idea behind it. They're trying to incept a specific idea into this guy's head, this crack team who uh, who somehow through you know crazy machinery that they have. They're able to. Uh, they're able to go into his dream. They're trying to blend in. They're trying to find him. They're trying to get this idea in his head. But things kind of go wrong, and they have to go levels deeper and deeper. Like you go a dream within a dream. And uh, they always say, "Oh, well, the further the further in you get, I think it's what like four levels in or whatever. Like you might not come back, or you know, it's, it's far more dangerous and stuff. Time moves differently, and uh, it's it's such an interesting concept done so so well. And yet again, it's another fantastic Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. movie. You've got Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You have you have, you know, yeah. You've got an interesting cast who play it incredibly strong, and they just deliver such an insane story with such a great performance. And you know they've got that little bit of a romancey thing in there, but 
but you know, it's 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 the second seat in the car. But you know, it still plays enough of a role where you like you're interested, you're curious, but it's not too much that it takes away from the the overall excitement and main story plot. Because it, it all still ends up in this absolutely mad, mad world. And then, you know, not just that mad world, but then you've got an even deeper mad world, and then yet another even deeper mad world. It, it just, it keeps you so enthralled in this incredible action the entire time. Honestly, yeah, that's, that's why I think, yeah, I had, to, I had to have it in my top ten. And yeah, number three felt right. I felt like it, maybe it could be higher depending on, like, the day. Like, like with you, they can shift and stuff. But, um, but no, I absolutely believe it. It, it absolutely deserved to you know, live on this list. And uh, it's just yeah. really, really funny that both you and I have it as our number three. I couldn't believe you said that. So funny. So funny. So, yeah, that's that's both yours and my number three of all time. I, I couldn't agree more. Inception, it's a film you can watch countless times and still be like, you know what? I think of this now. It comes comes up with new theories every time. Such a great film. Yeah, and and you want to talk about special effects? Oh, oh my god! Unbelievable. <laughs> okay, and I know there's a lot of CGI involved, but still, <laughs> but CGI effect. was top notch. Though top it wasn't, notch. you know, like oh, I don't yeah. believe that. It looked really I mean, fantastic. I, mean, I think that's the first time I saw Paris turned upside down. Yeah, it just it just really warps your like whole idea of filmmaking. You're like, wow! And, and, and then you've even got that one awesome scene with Joseph Gordon-Levitt doing like a little fight scene in the rotating corner. You're like, this is so cool! It feels yeah. almost Matrix-like. Yeah. It's so good. How on earth? How on earth did they do that? That ain't just yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, unbelievable. What a great film! Just, just a, a thrill ride, a thrill ride, start to finish, and it even leaves you, it even leaves you still guessing. Yeah. So it's a bit perturbing in that way. It does. It's, yeah, fantastic film. So, if it's not in everybody's top ten, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> right, I guess that moves us on to uh, to number two. Anthony, do you want to take us away? Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Not the new lot. I mean the original. Ninja Turtles. The original, yeah. Yeah. That's another one, you know. Yeah, yeah it's only 1990, but... Still, it's quite yeah. It's quite good for the first, but uh, yeah, the first one was uh, 1984 actually, I believe. Am I looking at the wrong one? Yeah, and, and Marvel, Marvel in that era at that time, it, it was probably it was, it was probably one of the most uh, most successful, one of the most popular Marvel films at that time. Most successful in terms of at the box office where they were really struggling quite a bit but that, that one they did extremely well yeah that's the one with like their suits now are worth millions of pounds or more from the turtles yeah 1990 bloody hell that budget yeah and the box office budget that's yeah they did very well on that movie <coughs> Yeah, so that was, yeah, that's my number three. Oh, no. Was that number three or number two? Uh, two, wasn't it, I think. Yeah. I think we're on two. 
that he says so, yeah well, yeah number two so that's your number two yeah Excellent. TMNT. Yeah, the, you know, the, uh, I'm trying to work out, yeah, the 1990 version. I'm just cracking over, I'm just cracking over an extra beer. <laughs> beer nothing wrong with that? Uh, nothing wrong with that. Again, yeah, it's only club. Um, um, I mean, I'm already on my second beer, so nothing wrong with that at all. I've had a couple of days of beer, so, um, Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It was also um, we used to watch the uh, the television show when we were the cartoon, we were much younger, yeah, the cartoon yeah, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah but we, I, I definitely remember that. I know. I but know they did. They there were live action films yeah, and stuff. The live action ones yeah. is what, I'm, what we're talking about. Oh right, okay. But the yeah. cartoons is you know that's in a different that's in animating or yeah. TV or cartoon. Yeah, yeah. See, that's what I mean by the categories I go with. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> Don't worry, we'll, we'll definitely do categories. I mean, like I said, it just it's just going to extend the podcast, and that's that's what we want. We want to know exactly. more material, more content we can cover. That's that's what we want. Because it, it, even in um, even in England before, because this would have been before two thousand one, we um, we used to watch a television show. So I definitely remember it from being a kid, but not not in the states. It was definitely in uh, definitely in UK. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just thought we'd gone to the pictures to see it, but I'm not them. I don't know, because yeah, I I feel like maybe, but I, at the same time, I I I don't think I've really gone to the theaters to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so I'm I'm not sure. Animated suits with yeah, uh, actors yeah, inside, yeah. but yeah. the anim- animatronics oh, wow. maybe, maybe were we done by uh, synced hands. Maybe something like VHS or something. Yeah, know. it would definitely been on VHS. Yeah. And it's only now been re- well recently. I'm sure it's on like streaming now. Isn't yeah, it? I wouldn't say recently, but it is now available on DVD. Yeah, no, so I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I'd say the first two were okay. The third one, they went a bit. Silly time travel. That's and, gonna happen, you know, isn't it? Come up with ideas. The first two, yeah, I'll happily be on my list. But the third one, you, it's you, hit list. You okay? You find the first one believable? Yeah, the first one definitely. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, yeah. Turtles in superhero Yeah, yeah. Well, they're they're, they're mutants and they're ninjas. You know, it's totally believable. In oh, the streets of New York, and, and they're all named after like Renaissance painters. Renaissance Italians. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so people, yeah. tra- tra- trained by a rat. Yeah, yeah. it's all believable. <laughs> but yeah, that was number two for me. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, so Dad, what is your number two? My number two, uh, in the tussle with the Inception all the time, is uh, is the Watchmen. So oh. Watchmen. Yeah. Yeah. That's another DC one. Yeah, another DC Universe. Yeah. Although, really, uh, a little bit different in the sense it was based more on a graphic novel than any kind of regular 
Yeah. Yeah. But that was one. Yeah, one of the very well done versions. Very well done. Yeah. I, I just, uh, i got to say, uh, another film where, around the same sort of time as Inception, I suppose, not, not much difference in time, but I, I, once I saw it at the cinema, I just wanted to watch it again. And I went back at least two times in, in the same week to watch it again, because I, I loved it that much. I just love these characters and their backstories. I, 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 love, I love comic books anyway, but one of the things I, I love most about comic books is the origin stories, the backstories, and yeah. this, of course, is full of them. They're intriguing. There's a lot. There's, a, there's history. So the whole band of uh, superheroes has a, has a there's a there's a history to it, and then we get in it, we get it exposed to us right at the start of the film, um, and then all the other bits and pieces that are going on, all the various subplots. I just think, yeah, I just absolutely love this film. Yeah, and you've got uh, Rorschach, one of the most notable, amazing. I mean, you can call him a hero. He's more like a detective. Yeah, detective hero, almost like a Batman in a way. And, uh, but just very dark, very dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I, I agree. I really like Watchmen about them because it, you know, it takes a whole idea of superheroes and it's like it makes it far more they're, they're, real. Yeah, they're not all good and innocent. Like yeah. some of them, you know, they have their dark parts. The comedian, yeah, for, for a great example, exactly. But you yeah. know, I thought that one was a good. That's, one. that's it, exactly. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked in here with me. I mean, great line when yeah. he was in prison. Theaters, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Again, it's same sort of time as, uh, as Inception, so maybe a little bit later. Um, so it was what 2009. Mm. Inception, definitely, yeah, Def- definitely, definitely around then. Understand. I completely understand. Yeah, I think that's a good way for a, for a rating of a top ten. I I couldn't agree more. That's that's how I base it. The top tens are films that I'm like, yeah, I could absolutely watch it again. Even even in the same day, sometimes like, yeah, no, I'll, I'll watch it right now, no problem. Yeah, but I guess that's 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 why it should be so significant. A top ten shouldn't be a list of like films you think are great. But you know, you, you wouldn't watch again in a heartbeat. Well, that that just doesn't seem fair. You know, it okay. seems to be something you would put on repeat, and you'd be like, "I could watch this yeah. again every single again. day." Yeah. You know, I, I think it's meant to it's meant to be such a high standard; it should be difficult to achieve. 
And yet, there's there's tons of films. Yeah, exactly. There's tons Literally of films. Too many on the, uh, yeah, way too many to. I'm only picking the ones yeah. that are I know I can happily put on now and lose myself in these movies without having I to you. fidget or anything like that. I can just sit there and watch. And oh, fast absolutely. And... Yeah, exactly. You could take a panel of critics and they'd say, you know, I can. And they'd be right to say this film is much better film than that. Is a higher quality of that is better film, but critically better film than this or whatever. And they wouldn't have a completely different list. This is, we're being very subjective in our list here. We're going with things which appeal to us directly and personally. That's and right. In some yeah. cases, there's, there's, uh, there's crossover, but more importantly, it's, it's things that we, for us, mean something to us and we would watch. Again, and again, yeah. They're enjoyable. Exactly yeah. right. So what we on now? One. No, it's, it's my number two now. Oh. So, uh, funnily enough, keeping in with everybody's superhero theme, um, it is a mashup. But it is it is tied between Deadpool or Guardians of the Galaxy. Either of them, more than happy. They're yeah. they're both fantastic in their own right. Yeah. They both have excellent choices for casting. Soundtracks. I, if if you ask me, I think Deadpool technically is ahead because whereas Guardians of the Galaxy has a great cast, as a group of people who all work well together. It's a great story, great music, great fun, goofy sci-fi comic. You know. It does very, very well with every single aspect it's given, and I completely, I completely agree. Deadpool all relies on Ryan Reynolds portraying Deadpool, the character you he's know? fought. Ultimately, it's all about the one, and he does such a job carrying the film. You are so, so pulled in, and you're like, I have to keep watching more Deadpool stuff because I cannot stop watching how entertaining, how much action, how fun he is. And how much fun he himself is having. Like Anthony was even saying, he's like, this is the character he says he's always wanted to play. Ever since X-Men Origin Wolverine. Which, which he didn't they, like that yeah. character. Well, That's why in the end, you know, yeah. he goes back and then he retcons yeah. movies he didn't like. Exactly. Like Green Lantern. Exactly. But but the fact is, you know, even back then he was he was like, look, we didn't do it justice. This isn't what I wanted. Yes, you brought Wade Wilson. That was all you did. You You did absolutely everything else wrong for me. We need to have Deadpool have his own film for a good reason. And not only did he deserve to have his own film, he ended up with a sequel as well, yep. and they're both excellent. And then now they're talking of a third, and then I'm bringing him into the MCU. I'm not surprised. I'd be so happy be. with. I'd be so happy with, because he himself, he's, he, he does an absolutely incredible job playing Deadpool. I mean, yeah. it, it's, you know, so... It's a character that was really... Written to, for him to play it. Yeah, just just as world-breaking, yeah. absolutely insane, goofy anti-hero is what he likes to describe himself. Of course, you love an actor playing Deadpool no. now after it would his not do justice. It would not do justice. No, not to not to narc on Guardians of the Galaxy because I mean I love the first one, I love the second one. Cool stories, fantastic stuff, excellent cast, excellent banter. Yeah, but you know when it comes to strengths, you have to you have to admit Deadpool should be stronger because it's all based on the one person's performance as compared to five. You know, it's it's, it's just understandable. Yeah. But I, I love them both equally in their own right because of the fact they are... They're, they're the best representation of a comic book film in this day and age where if somebody, you know... Ah, I've heard about all these Marvel films, but I don't really know anything about comics. It's like, okay, the, this is where you should start. Yeah. These two films will get you in. They'll absolutely get somebody in and they'll go, you know what, I could get into this. You'll have a giggle. Yeah, the thing is as well, it's just the, the humour. I mean, they're both very, very funny. 
he's got some really good funny lines in it, and Deadpool even more so. And, and it's very in Deadpool especially, it's, it's dark humour. So it's, yeah. it's humour, a lot of it is you know, dark and, and kind of, it's very adult, not you know adult in the sense of you know, rude or too rude or sweary or anything like that, but just it is, it's got adult kind of references and stuff like that, things that make adults laugh, not just kids. Yeah. So even though kids enjoy Deadpool, because it's funny at that level too, and also good action and good, and it's still got all the superhero stuff, Mm. You expect to see, and you want to see, but adults, it's it's just funny. Even if you're not a, a fan of superheroes, as you say, it's a good gateway. Both good gateway films because it, they're not just about superheroes. That they actually have got very funny human humour in there. Yeah, that's exactly right. So anyway, that's that's my number two. I think Anthony's right. We're moving on to our number ones of all time. This is. This is tricky. I mean, this is uh, this is the make or break kind of thing. So, yeah, this is where it gets for me. This, these are ones that I could happily, like I said, put on, lose myself in it, and emerge. And, yeah, you yeah, know, it's good. So could it's be not, gone for a week. Well, could be if I if I started watching all of these again. Happily. Yeah. So, Anthony, what is your? Well, this is a this is a British uh, musical crime. And it's called Bugs and Malone. It was made in the 1976. And the cast, like Jodie Foster, for just for one, just it was. It was the first six thing I saw when I was, you know, I was quite young when I saw this. And it, yeah, it just. So you must have been very young. Well, I wasn't born in the 70s. I was born in the 80s. So this is when I saw it. Yeah, yeah, obviously. I watched it at the cinema when it first came out. Yeah. So I was, I was only. Yeah, v- yeah, the VHS sort of style. It was yeah, yeah. Which I still own that video by by now. Just to let you know that I do own that same video I had as a child to this day. And it's, really? Yeah, and it's in mint condition. And I also have it on uh, DVD and digital. Because <laughs> like I said, I this is a movie. Oh, it, you can watch it every yeah. single way. Hi. It, honestly, the, the cast alone are still some of these are still top actors to this day. Yeah, like they're still in acting well, today. Could, I mean, talking Jodie Foster, like you said, I mean, she went on to become and she still is yeah. huge. Like her part in the Silence of the Lambs. Oh or God, Hannibal, you know, no. come on, Hannibal Lecter. Oh, yeah. So that's my one. I can happily sit there and dream that I was. A child gangster in my own pedal car and walking around <laughs> shooting people with cream pies <laughs> yeah so yeah that there yeah. uh, we, we were with you then uh, even you know, in the generation before we felt the same way <laughs> <laughs> that was what we all dreamed about doing well no no Jack, as soon as I watched it I, I was made, like as a child I was the what was his name baby face yeah and oh Dex yeah Dex the Fletchman, whatever his name is. Dexter Fletcher. Yeah, brilliant actor. But yeah, I'd love that character right now. He's <laughs> <Just> running <laughs> around batting people with baseball bats. That's great. Yeah. Um, I believe it was Michael Jackson was in it. He was the dude that played the piano. All right, but he's not. Uh, 
Not at all, no. Yeah, okay. Shame. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, uh, um, I would say that I thought it was Mickey DeLenz made the movie, but in fact it was Alan Parker that made the movie, but I'm sure that Mickey DeLenz from The Monkeys might have been a producer, so I'm looking, I'm trying to find his name, but I can't see his name associated with it anywhere. Yeah. It's, unless unless he, was a, he was doing the stage show. They did a stage show version of it. Yes, they did, yeah. So, I could have sworn that he was uh, involved in the, in the making of the movie as well, but obviously I can't see him what's in there. So. No. But yeah, fantastic movie. I remember, well, as a kid. Yeah, the soundtrack to this day, I still listen to it. So when I'm, anytime I'm ever not yeah, in a film... Yeah, still play that music. Yeah. Still play all music from it. Yeah, like Paul Williams. He, was the most, he did most of that soundtrack, to be honest. Like, uh, you want to be a, a boxer, or my name is Tallulah, I'm, f- I'm feeling yeah. fine. You can be anything you want to be. Exactly. You know what I mean? Fat, yeah. sla- fat Sam, Tomorrow, and, and, and Original... F- yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, but it's one of the best soundtracks, movie soundtracks, I still listen to this, th- to this day. So, yeah. Very good. Definitely. So, what is your number one, Dad? My number one, my number one is a is a Tim Burton movie. Oh. Johnny Depp. Yeah. And it is Ed Wood. Yeah. Ah. It's a film Ed yeah. Wood about the director Ed Wood. Uh, it's been my all-time favorite film for quite a long time. Certainly. He's got, well, yeah, he's one of my top directors in Tim Burton. Tim Burton, brilliant. Brilliantly yeah. quirky director. Yeah, definitely. Just, just off the wall, out there, left field. Made one um, of the best Batman films out there. Yeah, yeah the, Batman, the original Batman, the first, not the original, but the Batman. Yeah, the yeah, the film from the 1980s that he made was was super. Again, Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Playing the Joker. Then uh, again, there's well, a bit of tribute. Yeah, tribute yeah, there. Maybe once. So. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, there's a bit of trivia about the Joker. Jack Nicholson. Nobody, everybody compares their Joker to his. Like, yeah. The only one that's part with him is Heath. Heath Ledger. Yeah, that. He's done, yeah, done quite well. His, sorry, they're my two Jokers. Or, yeah. uh, or Mark Hamill. Yeah. The yeah. voice of the Joker. Yeah. 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 So yeah. That's yeah. That's yeah. where. So Edward is a story of um, a true life story of the of director Edward. When I watched this film, first watched this film, I knew I knew quite a lot about the, the character about Edward because I'd seen documentaries about him. I'd seen bits of his films, Plan Nine from Outer Space, which is just, the main kind of focus of or towards the end of this film is the making of that particular film. It's, it's really all the films that all the kind of well, B movies that Edward made. But at the time the film came out, I mean Edward was known. As being uh, a, a re- I mean a real, not even B movie, more like a Z movie type, but director from the 1950s, but was fascinated with sci-fi and sci-fi horror, and he, he was credited with one of his films is credited being the worst film of all time, and that is Plan 9 from Outer Space. So that was that was, for me that was a, it was a known thing. Was a, he had a cult following for making terrible movies, which were which were were, were so bad that everybody loved them, uh, and they had massive followings. Uh, but of, of course, in the fifties, that wasn't the case. It, it took a long time for people to appreciate just how how much of a cult, you know, following he deserved to have. But he didn't make lots of money out of movies. But he was so passionate about his craft, even though he churned out some garbage. 
he, he was he was just he was just so into it, he just loved doing it. And he put some really peculiar together and things like that. He just you know, friends that he had that kind of misfits from society that he brought together. So his story is fascinating in itself, but then you take Tim Burton's take on it and Johnny Depp to that point, you know, for me I'd only really ever seen thought of Johnny Depp as playing in fairly dark roles, fairly kind of sombre characters, kinda of, oh, a little bit surly. But for the first time I saw Johnny Depp playing there really kind of bright, passionate, eager, energetic, you know, over the top hyper uh, young bloke and I thought he, I thought it was a really good a really good casting decision because it brought it brought the character through and I especially thought that Martin Landau who I think he did end up getting a, an Oscar for this he certainly got an Oscar nomination for his portrayal as, as Bela Lugosi he played a fantastic Bela Lugosi um, in, in that film he really brought yeah. that, that you know obviously he's a real person but he brought he brought it out his character out really really well so I, I just I just love that this film I could watch it over and over and over and over, over again because it's full of energy, it's full of... Uh, it's just, it's got... And it's cram of good actors. Humour. It's kind of uplifting. It's got one of the... Uplifting story of passion. It's about... It's probably somebody who... Don't get very far with it, but, you know, but still puts all his time and energy into it. Bit like this podcast. Put all our time and energy into it. Well, you know, it might get somewhere, it might not get somewhere, but, you know what, we still... We love doing it, so we, we'll keep on doing it. And that's, that's I think, the, under, the bottom line of this film and, and the bottom line of this story, which I, I really love. Yeah. That's a great way to describe it. Exactly. So, what about you guys and your number one? So, my number one of all time is, um, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a trilogy, it's kind of two trilogies, although it shouldn't have been, but it uh, turned out well either way, is, uh, is the Lord of the Rings franchise. Ugh. Because, uh, I, I mean, look, as, as a guy who, uh, this, this is probably one of my big, my first big forays into the whole fantasy, not so much the sci-fi aspect of fantasy, but like just uh, the idea of, um, you know, you've got uh, you've got mythical creatures, you've got elves, humans, dwarves, orcs, you know, the, this is just the, the fantasy genre. Yeah. This is probably one of my first big uh, introductions into it in the, the film way. I know it was like obviously like it had been books, you know, varying times before that, but... Um, but yeah, no, this, this was probably one of the best representations for me that really made me realize, oh my god, I actually really, really like fantasy. And then it, it ended up spurning my uh, my favoritism of, uh, of certain genres and uh, my, my certain tastes of certain things. And uh, it helped me like turn into kind of the specific kind of games I ended up playing. I even did like some uh, some Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. Fantasy was like a big, big part for me growing up. And I, I would say it is mostly due to the fact of Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm uh, second that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, quite frankly, I think everybody in this day and age knows what Lord of the Rings is, so I won't waffle on too much about it. But um, whether you talk about the original trilogy or even even the, the Hobbit. Hobbit trilogy, they they're all they they both deserve to be well recognized in their own way because they they brought a great cast, they brought an excellent story. You know, they've got like their own made up languages in it that J.R.R. Tolkien wrote and you know fully crafted and everything, and it it just felt incredibly true to form and it's um. You know, it's it, yeah. It might be a bit dry and a bit long for some people. I do understand that. Yeah. But as a person who really enjoys the fantasy genre, it's one of those things that you you know if you bring it up in any kind of conversation with anybody else who also likes fantasy, you can easily have conversations about it for for a long period of time. Yeah, it's it's something. It's such a. Jack talking originally in the original books and things like that. He, he created 
as he said, he crafted such a, um, a deep and sophisticated world. He put so much effort into it. He put so much to it, the full depth and dimensions of, of the world he created and the stories that go along it, that, that you can fully... And then Peter Jackson <clears throat> magically brought this to the screen in the way that he did. Oh, he did. The thing is that you can you can just immerse yourself in it. It doesn't really matter how long it is. And if you want to live inside that world for a little bit of time, you know, the longer the better, isn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. I'd more have a Hobbit home. Absolutely. <laughs> I live in one of them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they've even got like the Hobbit home still, still live in New Zealand. I mean, you can go and actually check out some of the places that they filmed. It's, yeah. it's all still there. It's, it's just incredible how, you know, it's, it's been such a big part of so many people's lives, and I, I definitely can see why. It's been an absolutely incredible franchise. Yeah, he was. Oh, I've got to admit, it was. <clears throat> it's just on the edge of my top ten. Uh, as a as a as a series, all, all the Lord of the Rings films, and I absolutely love them as well. And, it, and it's it's just it's always been even before the movies came. A lot of the Rings, the story has always been the that was the, um, the flagship, or not the flagship, but it was, that was a pioneer kind of uh, series of books and fictions that, that introduced fantasy, this, this fantasy world and all these characters, which types of you know races that, that came along are being used and reused over and over again. That that was the that was the first kind of the first time we saw things like elves or the first time we saw hobbits one of the first time we saw elves or dwarves Yeah. So yeah, what a great choice. Yeah, he. Yeah. What about? Uh, Anthony, what's yours? I've already given you mine. Mine was the bugs yeah, alone, yeah. You didn't have one. Didn't I? Oh, of course, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was your number one. Sorry. Oh, I, uh, I lost track there. I've been drinking too much beer. I'm on the second now. I'm quite strong this beer, so. Yeah, like I said, I, I, I've got so many here that I was just picking out ones that stood out to me at a younger age that I still would happily go back now and watch over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I feel. I honestly think that um, if, if I had some time on my hand, if I had like a weekend, I didn't know what to do with it. Mm. I could sit down and, and go through this list down from number 10 and just, start, just watch them all. Yeah. From number 10. I'd happily that, do that, that again, yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, 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 it, yeah, it'd be more than that. It'd be like day, weeks, maybe a month, to go through the whole collection and just write up reviews on each one of them. Yeah, yeah. you'd be there for years. Yeah, I think that uh, our weekly feature. So, and we're at the two-hour point at this point. We are, yeah. We've been recording for two hours. Yeah, so we, he's not, he, yeah, he's done his, uh, <laughs> he disappeared, has he? Yeah. And he's left me with Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so. Pepe being handful. Ah, no, he's always a good boy. 
Yeah, he's always a good boy, he is. Is he? Hmm. So what are you looking forward to watching next week? What things have we got? Have we got anything on the list for next week that you fancy watching? Whatever, yeah. Fancy this, uh, this worst roommate. I think I'll have a look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I might do that. I've still got uh, is it the new Resident Evil to watch. I've got yeah. quite a bit there that I've put on the wish list to watch, but I haven't got round to it because it's yeah. it's quite hard to find you know the mind just to sit there and go right. I'm going to sit here and just dedicate this next couple of hours to watching this when. I got other things that take out take over my mind. Yeah. But yeah, no. Right, I, tend to, I have a wish list, like so, like I've got you know a spreadsheet, and I put a, I put a wish list for the next I like doing that and then you then you get to really remember the film because it, you, you've written it down so therefore it, it, you can't forget anything about that That's, yeah, that's, yeah. The It's like a hit and miss, really. it all depends on, you know, like, yeah. Like I said, that one, and then I recently watched that Doctor Doctor Sleep because I wanted to, you know. Sleep, yeah. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, good. yeah, I can't remember what that I watched that on. It might have been Amazon Prime. Could have been the yeah no. Yeah. It would have been Amazon Prime. I wouldn't have thought Disney yeah, would have had. It, yeah, it is available on Amazon Prime, so you might watch it on there. Yeah. Uh, See that. I was going to say, they're the only streaming ones I use at the moment is Amazon and Disney or YouTube. Or own, right. if I if I own the, them on DVD. I'm back. Well, there's, there's some free films on, on YouTube at the minute. I was watching a documentary on YouTube about the best free films on YouTube. Yeah. 
Um, he had. Uh, he went through a list of ten, and in that list of ten, he, he brought out five gems, which he, he five ones which we all know, which includes, by the way, Silence of the Lambs, which you mentioned a bit ago. Yeah. Which is a, a film worth watching at any time. I believe that's another one I have. And the, he also mentioned five hidden gems, and amongst those five hidden gems, there's at least two films which I know and I've seen, and I agree with him. A fantastic film. One is Idiocracy, and one is Penelope with Christina Ricci. Oh. And they're both available on Amazon Prime, uh, not on, Amazon, on YouTube, three in a minute. Yeah, okay. right. So, yeah, Penelope's kind of a rom com, but it's with a difference, and, it, and if you, I'm just a fan of Christina Ricci, so anything that she's in, I want to see. But, uh, but it's a really, a really interesting, different, very different kind of rom com, um, which I'll say no more because it'll be a spoiler. And then the other is uh, Idiocracy, which is Mike Judge's take on futuristic, what the futuristic world might look like, with um, with um, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson's brother, yeah. playing the, the lead role in a world. Of, he manages, he's frozen, he goes into the future, a bit like in you know Futurama. But he's uh, he, he, and he's in this world where everybody's just completely stupid like every right up to the president every in society is completely stupid and he's himself is a is a less than average intelligence person and he thinks of himself in that way but in this in this world he, he wakes up in he's now the smartest man on the planet because everybody just does the most stupid shit and, it, and it's funny because Mike Judge is a guy that did um, Beavis and Butthead so if you enjoy that kind of humour or Office Space uh, another one might probably favourite comedies is, uh, yeah, definitely worth a watch. If you haven't seen Idiocracy. Cool, well, now we'll have a look for that one. Yeah, no, I remember that one. Very funny. Very, very yeah. funny. And free on YouTube at the minute, so. Well, even more reason to watch it. It's free on YouTube. No reason not to. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, well, we've been over two hours. Do you want to, we're going to get ready to wrap up on this one? Yeah, I think I think uh, I think we should. It's uh, we've done very well. The fact is, we made it through top ten and then some extras. You know. Yeah, always. We've done well. I'm very pleased with us. We've uh, we've done quite a tough tough thing. I think uh, I think next week we'll have to go and do a category. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll start with comedy. We'll do top ten comedies. Yeah. Cool. I think it'd be a little easier to deal with at least. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like a good good plan. I've uh, I've really enjoyed this time. I uh, certainly hope the both of you have as well. I definitely have. Excellent, and I uh, I hope those who've listened this far also are having a good time, and I hope they uh, they have a good rest of their evening, and we'll uh, we'll see you in a week's time. But uh, oh, I don't know. Should we should we leave them with a question or a poll this week? Yeah, can do can do. You got I've got anything in, in mind. Yeah, I suppose on the uh, on the theme of top ten, let's say um, what is their what is their number seven top? Oh, sorry, yes. <laughs> what's what's their top seven film of all time? Their number seven film of all time. I'll put that in a poll for Spotify. Okay, that'll be interesting. We've given them lots of ideas. Yeah. These last two podcasts, lots of things to think about. We'll we'll see what their number seven of all time is, and we'll uh, see if there's any interesting ones. If there are, maybe we'll. Uh, Maybe we'll bring it up on an episode. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much from all of us. This is uh, Dad, Lad, and Anthony in uh, Movie Land, and we'll uh, we'll catch you in a week's time. Take care, chaps. Yeah, take care. See you next time.